Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black in Science. Before we dive in, there are a few disclaimers I'd like to make. So first things first, these episodes are recorded virtually from the comfort of our own homes, so you may hear some ambient noises like a dog barking in the background or a train going by, and these are all uncontrollable factors of the environments we live in. So please try your best to do what I do and just tune them out. Secondly, these interviews are recorded utilizing modern day technology, which can have the occasional glitch. So you may hear some lag either in my responses or that of the guests I'm talking to, but I promise you they do not take away from the overall story being shared. So without further ado, let's get it started. On today's episode, I sat down with the ever so lovely Dr. Tanya Webb, who's currently a tenured associate professor at the University of Maryland. Throughout the interview, Tanya discusses her undergrad experience at an HBCU in Texas, the thesis work she did for her PhD, and the research her lab currently focuses on in cancer immunology. You guys, I do want to acknowledge that this episode is a lot shorter than the ones I've released thus far, but that's honestly because Dr. Webb nailed it. She was able to answer every question I normally ask in such a succinct yet thorough manner. I was very much impressed, and I walked away with no further questions. And not only is she incredibly humble and kind, she's also so accomplished and just a great role model for Black men and women in STEM. So with that being said, let's get into it. Good morning, Dr. Webb, and welcome to Black in Science. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. So to start things off, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us your name, where you're currently located, and where you grew up. Oh, so good morning. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So my name is Tanya Webb, and I'm currently in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. And how was growing up in Charlotte for you? So it was really, really interesting. So actually, I moved a great deal when I was a kid. So I went to 13 schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. So I feel like I got to see every aspect of Charlotte, North Carolina. But besides that, it was pretty quiet, um, surrounded by friends and family. So it was really, really nice. Awesome. And did you move within Charlotte 13 or 14 times or did you move all over the country? Uh, within Charlotte, pretty much. The Interesting. Entire time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what sparked your love of science? Were you always interested or was there a specific person or experience that kind of got you going? So actually, it was my 10th grade AP bio teacher that initially got me interested in the medical sciences. And I thought that I wanted to be a physician or a doctor. And so I was a pre-med major. But actually what really grounded my love for science and research was my first research experience when I was in college. I uh, conducted an internship at Dartmouth and I really liked being behind the scenes and doing research and asking questions and trying to develop solutions. And I thought there's so many questions out there that we don't know. We need more tests, we need more treatments, we need more cures. And so that really made me excited to be a part of that. Awesome, awesome. So when did you end up finishing high school? Oh, I graduated in 1994. Okay, just timeline wise. <laughs> yes. Okay, and then did you go into undergrad right after that? Yes, I attended Prairie View A&M. Um, in Texas from 94 into 98. 
Awesome. And what was your major while you were there? Biology. Biology. Yes. Oh, I'm biased too. That was my major as well. So. <laughs> and how was your undergraduate experience while you were in Texas? Oh, I absolutely loved it. It was wonderful. I attended an HBCU and I was surrounded by like-minded individuals who were very excited about what they were doing. They were serious about their studies and um, they knew how to have a good time. So I felt really supported, um, very uh, centered, grounded, and um, it was really, really wonderful. Awesome. And what made you choose Texas and leave Charlotte behind? I'm just curious. So actually, um, it was really great. So Prairie View had a 90% acceptance rate into medical school when I started. And again, I mentioned that I was pre-med, uh, pre-med major. So, and I had a presidential scholarship. I had the ben- Benjamin Banneker um, scholarship and it provided tuition and fees. And so it was great, a free ride pretty much to an outstanding institution, so. Oh yeah, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> so after you finished undergrad, what did you do after that? Oh, so I went straight into graduate school. Mm-hmm. And where did you, at what point did you veer off the med school track and start looking into grad school? So it wasn't until my junior year of undergrad when mm-hmm. I conducted my first um, research internship. And then after that, there was no looking back. I was so mm-hmm. excited about research. So I completely uh, switched gears, started preparing for the GRE instead of the MCAT and applied to graduate programs. And I ended up at Indiana University. Awesome. And do you remember what your um, research was about your junior year? Yes, I worked on a vaccine for HIV. So it was a novel approach uh, to a vaccine for HIV. Cool. So finished undergrad, ended up in Indiana. What was your grad school experience like? It was very different from preview. I think that it made me stronger and more capable. And so from the research aspect, it was phenomenal. My research advisor was really important in getting me to ask important questions and know how to address those questions. So from a mentor standpoint, he was great. I couldn't have asked for a better for a better mentor. But it was really different because I attended an HBCU and then graduate school was in a majority serving institution. And so the atmosphere was really different. And again, the climate was different. It was really warm in Texas, not as warm in Indiana. <laughs> and so there are a lot of adjustments that I had to make. Cool. And what program were you enrolled in at Indiana? Oh, I was in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology. Awesome. So I'm assuming you did a thesis for grad school while you were there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was in viral immunology. Mm, okay. So would you mind talking about a little bit about the research you did? Yes. So I was um, really focused on viruses because that's what I had done previously during my internships. And I really was fascinated by infectious diseases and our response, our immune response to these infectious agents. And so in graduate school, I wondered what did it take to protect you from a viral infection? And you know, right now this is critically important with the pandemic we currently have going on. So um, during that time, I was in graduate school during 9-11 
And um, I wanted to really learn about how to protect ourselves and how, again, our body would respond to infectious agents. And so I worked on both DNA and RNA viruses and studied, again, the immune response early to the virus infection and then the recall response or the memory response to the infection. Awesome. Interesting. And was it a specific virus that you were looking into or was it a vast array of them? So it was a vast array. So I worked on a mouse virus, LCMV, and I worked on um, vaccinia virus as well as VSV. So several different viruses. Cool. Cool. So when did you end up finishing grad school? In 2003. So it's been a little while. (laughs) (laughs) And did you look into a postdoc after you finished? I did. So actually, my first postdoc was there at Indiana University. Um, I worked under the leadership of Dr. Wilkes, David Wilkes, and he was phenomenal as well. He um, was a physician and he is a physician and he had a research lab. And so while my graduate studies primarily focused on basic research and we looked at viral proteins and how they um, could suppress or inhibit the immune response, And in his lab, in Dr. Wilk's lab, it was looking at uh, transplant and how lung transplants are rejected. And that's critically important, right? Because um, when you're on the transplant list, you're just waiting for the organ. And then for your body to reject it is devastating, right? And so we were looking at how to get, um, to prevent rejection. And so that clinical or translational aspect of the research was really intriguing because I wanted to see how you could go from the bench or basic research to the clinic or more translational research. And um, working with him really facilitated that interest and was it helped me see how you could go back and forth. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to note the connection. Like when you're focused on the bench work, you sometimes don't see the impact that it can have on actual people. So I think it kind of just puts it into perspective, stuff like that, which is cool. So how long was your postdoc? Oh, so I was in um, Dr. Wilkes' lab for two years. And then I conducted a second postdoctoral fellowship at Johns Hopkins. Awesome. And what did you end up doing there? Oh, so I worked on cancer immunology and immunotherapy. And that's what my lab currently works on. So I was able to take those skills and transition into um, a professor position at the University of Maryland. Awesome. So would you mind going into a little more detail about the work you currently do? Oh, within cancer immunology and all that? (laughs) Yes. So it was a really exciting time to be working in the field um, because we look at cancer the way that you could look at an infectious disease. And again, I mentioned that's my background. And so we are thinking about how do you train your immune response to combat cancer or fight cancer the same way you would a viral infection? Because if the cancer comes back and your body is ready and poised to fight it, then it's better than traditional treatments, right? It's better than chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. If you can get your body to respond to the cancer, it should be faster, quicker, and more effective than those other options. And so my lab looks at it from both ways. So um, actually I'm focused on the immune cells that I worked on during my graduate studies, a specific type of immune cell called natural killer T cells. And we think they're the best of both worlds because they act really early in the immune response. And then they help bridge the gap to the later adaptive immune response. 
And so we're looking at NKT cells in cancer and in many different uh, types of cancers, NKT cells are, re are reduced in number and in function. So we're trying to figure out what does the cancer do to reduce NKT cells. And then we're also trying to develop immunotherapeutic strategies or therapies targeting this population of cells. Awesome. That's so interesting. I'm a little biased because I'm very interested in immunology and I currently work in cancer research. So it's like you're doing the best of both worlds, which is what I love to do, which is cool. So what's one short-term future goal you have for yourself and one long-term? And this could be personal or career-related, whatever you want to discuss. Oh, so for the short-term, I want to broaden my impact. So I view my success as the success of my trainees. And so um, now that I've been here for a while now, um, I'm a tenured associate professor, <laughs> which is fantastic. And so <laughs> I would like to work with more students and really help them develop their skills because my mentors helped me so much and I wouldn't be where I am without them, of course. And then for the longer term, I would like to really establish a secure research program. So as you may know, as professors, we're constantly applying for grants and trying to get funding, you know, and writing papers and all of that. And that's um, what you have to do. But I would like to have enough funding for a little while that, you know, I could really focus on the other aspects of research. And so long term, again, I would like to really establish a secure research program so that I could go out and work with students more and do all of the fun things that you get to do. Yes, I love it. I think it's just like if you can just remove that weight of finding funding off your shoulders and just focus on what you do best. Like it's so much could get done, I feel like. So I agree completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so has the current pandemic had an effect on your work? Yeah, similar to everyone else. It slowed everything down. Um, but now we're getting everything up and running and I have wonderful trainees in the lab who are doing amazing research. And so while it has caused a bit of a delay, we're now making great strides and making good progress towards our research projects. Awesome, awesome. And uh, did you have to end up shutting down your lab? I'm just curious, I ask everyone this, at, at least at the beginning of the pandemic. So somewhat, um, but actually we get cancer patient samples. And so um, I was primarily the person coming in to take the samples, process them, because that's a valuable resource, right? And if a patient is willing to donate samples, then we need to be able to take advantage out of it and make sure that everything is running smoothly and you know our freezers, our liquid nitrogen storage and everything is maintained. And so while I didn't have anyone coming in for a little while, I did come in regularly, process samples and make sure that everything was stable and being maintained. Interesting, okay. So as a black woman in your chosen field, what has your experience been like so far? Has it been mostly positive? Have there been some negatives? Oh, so it's been a mix, of course. So there have been challenging situations where people have said things where and you're just like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you felt comfortable enough to let those words come out of your mouth. And there have been some challenging situations and there have been several meetings 
scientific meetings where I'm the only person of color at the meeting. And so that can lead to interesting um, discussions and interactions, of course. But largely, people have been very supportive. Again, I've had really amazing mentors. My graduate mentor, Dr. Brokowitz, um, my postdoctoral mentors, Dr. Wilkes and Dr. Schneck, again, have been really, really supportive and helped nurture me and get me to where I am. And my current chair is really wonderful as well, Dr. Caper. Awesome. We love to hear that. <laughs> so I know you briefly just mentioned a few mentors you've had in the past, but you have you had any Black mentors that have had an effect on your experience, either positive or negative? Oh, yeah. So they have been really positive. I should give a shout out <laughs> to Dr. Howard Lee Block. So actually, she was my um, molecular biology teacher or professor, excuse me, in uh, Prairie View. And that was the toughest course I believe that I had had at that time. And she really challenged me to think critically. And instead of having the short answer, multiple choice type questions, they were like half page, page long, like walk me through this process <laughs> um, type of questions that really, again, challenged me, but encouraged me and made me feel capable and ready to enter a research career. Awesome. I love that, right? I like the professors who make you think and like connect the dots Yes. and actually, <laughs> you know, apply what you've learned to real life and real life situations versus the ones who make you memorize every minute detail about a pathway and, a, you know, and a system and a virus. And you're right. just like, this is not really relevant, <laughs> but you know, I guess yes. it's good to know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And actually... My entire training at Review really prepared me for the future. So Dr. Brown, early in biology, um, really would call me up and he would say, Miss North Carolina. And I was like, oh, like, can you imagine in <laughs> biology class? You know, I missed one class. And he was like, Miss North Carolina, where were you? I was like, hey, I'm not missing it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Martin, the way that he um, just could talk about science, just his memory, his recall, and he was very artistic. He could draw out all of the organs and do like origin, insertion, function. And again, just be over, around them was really inspirational. Mm -hmm. Yes, we love the passion. Yes. We love the passion. <laughs> the passionate professors. Yes. You might not even be interested in the topic, but they're just so gung-ho about it. You just get sucked in. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any interests other than uh, outside of research that you like to do oh yes yeah. so I love to read books I love to dance and um spend time with my family <laughs> I like asking that question I'm like yes we love well-rounded well-rounded individuals <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so what are three pieces of advice you'd give to someone who's interested in pursuing a similar path as you um, I would say stay focused, stay driven, and remember your support system. Mm -hmm. So by staying focused, I mean, put yourself in the best position to take advantage of opportunities, right? So stay ready, stay focused, stay driven. So that means have that resilience and tenacity and stick-to-itiveness <laughs> that you need, you know, to be successful in your career. And then always remember that 
someone helped you get to where you are and other people are looking at you. So remember your support system. So you're providing support to others. And remember that others, again, have been there for you to mentor you, support you, and nurture you. Mm-hmm. And this, this is a little um, delayed, but did you find that you struggled moving away from North Carolina when you went to Texas? At least the distance from your family and everything and home? Yes, it was really hard because while I moved all around Charlotte, I was always surrounded by friends and family. And then I moved to Texas and I didn't know anyone there. And I'm the oldest. So I have um, a brother who's nine years younger than me and a sister who's six years. So again, I was the oldest and I left them and they would call like, when are you coming home? You're so far away. Mm. So that made it tough. Mm, okay and I have one more question for you actually do you teach currently in the position that you have oh yes I teach in about eight classes (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yes um so um I give many different lectures in immunology so I teach in our basic immunology course and our advanced immunology course and then I also teach in cancer biology I teach the dental students in dental immunology and the medical students in host defenses and infectious disease. And we just switched that class um, this semester where I was teaching the second years. And so now I'm teaching the first year medical students. So you can see that I'm really involved in teaching. (laughs) (laughs) And do you just teach graduate level, like no undergraduate courses at Maryland? So that's a great question. We only have graduate studies for the most part. We do have a nursing program, a couple of other programs that have some undergraduates, but this is a largely graduate campus. So I was, um, well, professional schools. And so I don't have the opportunity to teach as much. But during my postdoctoral training, I did teach at Howard uh, Community College, which is in Howard County, very close by. Okay, awesome. I was just curious again. (laughs) Well, that was all the questions I had for you today. If you're willing, would you either share your social media information or your email for people who want to get in contact with you with questions? Oh, of course. So on Twitter and on the gram, I am Science Empress. Mm -hmm. I said, why do you cream (laughs) when you can run things? So I'm Science Empress. And then uh, my email address is uh, Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A dot web w-e-b-b at gmail.com awesome is there anything else you'd like to add not really i would just like to say stay focused stay driven stay hungry and you can do it (laughs) yes those beautiful words of wisdom right there (laughs) all right thank you so much of course thank you so much for doing this i greatly appreciate it my pleasure Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black in Science. I'd like to give Dr. Tanya a huge shout out for doing such an amazing job and for taking the time to participate as a guest on the show. I very much enjoyed our conversation and wish you nothing but the best in life because you are just so deserving. If you're interested in staying up to date with the latest Black in Science content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore B-I-S and on Instagram at Black in Science, where I'll be posting regular updates on the release of new episodes every other Monday. Lastly, if you're interested in participating as a guest on the show, just send me an email at bisthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for all of your love and support, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one.